Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Believe in Vikings with BMAC and Baker. I am Dustin Baker here with Brian McKinney, Sally from Minneapolis, and Ron Saw talking about all of the Vikings weekly topic as we do every Wednesday. This week, we're going to check in with Bryant, assuming he can uh, break away to us from America's Got Talent round two. Uh, Sally from Minneapolis has been at training camp for a lot of the week. We're going to talk to her about that, chat about some of these damn Vikings injuries. Um, the head coaches, or excuse me, the special teams coaches, lofty prediction that Greg Joseph is going to have a career year. Discuss that a little bit. Jared Allen in the ROH and some other Vikings nuggets. Those are on the docket tonight. Foremost, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all of your favorite sports contests and events, um, with the first to have markets, odds, and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code. It's updated. BLEAV50, BLEAV50, BLEAV50. To receive 50%, 50% off your uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Believe in Vikings is back in the middle of the week and the second week of training camp. The fellows are putting the pads on. But first, I want to check in with BMAC, who's doing America's Got Talent. You promised an update, sir. Tell us how it's going out in California. Good, very busy, long days. We feel like we're in training camp. And it feels like, <laughs> like we're doing like same things over and over. With some minor different, like little minor things different. Like today we had to do wardrobe, but um, other than everything is pretty much the same. Choreography, vocal, and then filming like B-roll or just doing interviews. Oh, okay. How many hours a day are you working on all this stuff? These are long days. Like yes, like today we actually started late. We had a late start today at one. But like yesterday was at eight a.m. Oh wow call time late so it means you had to have breakfast be there already ready to start at eight uh-huh. um the other day might have been like 9 30 and then when i got here on sunday i took a 7 a.m flight got here got to the hotel at 11 30 and they were heading to call time so i had to just put my bag down and go straight to call time no sleep wow and how um, late in the evening are these usually going um so like the morning we had to get up at eight eight. We'll do we'll do practices on our own afterwards, and like we got back to our room like around ten thirty, but then you still got to wind wow. down, hour and everything. Then actually, you know it's like twelve twelve thirty. It's like one o'clock. You're falling asleep to be back up at six a.m. And then mm. we had hair collar shirts and different stuff. So I had to get up and iron and eat. You know, do all that. <laughs> How are we gonna have any voices if we? You know, today was like a late start, so. You could try to sleep in, but you're on the West Coast, so it's like six o'clock hit. I'm up. You're yeah. still on Miami time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, you know, body feel like it's nine a.m. So I'm up at six a.m. I actually went and got some cardio. Tommy Harris came down there with me and, and got some cardio as well, uh, and and two other players. So yeah, it's been busy. Um, next week we made we're in the semifinals. So next Tuesday is the semifinals. Oh wow! Now is it the the same group that you were on uh, when it originally aired? Is it the same exact um, group? That's... Some people, because some some of the guys are active players. Okay, so yeah, they're uh, at camps. and Originally, 
Tommy was a part of the program, but he wasn't on the original audition one, but he's here now. Okay. And um, there's a couple other players that we, you know, we added in because of, you know, we lost a couple guys. Okay. I just got to thinking when you hop on a flight to fly like that, how often do you get noticed by people like on the plane and stuff? Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the lady had a blanket just like that, a Viking blanket wrapped on her. And um, her and her daughter, and I was like, oh, so you're Viking fans. They were like, yeah, we live in Minnesota. And I said, oh, where? And one was like St. Paul, the other one was somewhere else. So I said, oh, okay. I said, I lived there for a little bit. They said, oh, where? I said, oh, Mills. They said, oh, wow. And that was it for a conversation. That walked up. They probably didn't think nothing about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah telling me that I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> there's also, I can, there's also. Yeah, of, I'm coming from Miami, especially. But. Um, I'm, I'm always running into somebody, but then here in LA, I know a lot of people too. So, well, people watch sports too, I guess. And yeah. then um, that's another thing. So, yeah, in the airport, depend, I feel like it really depends on where I'm going. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. And so, so yeah, go does ahead. it air on Tuesday then? Or that's it's live. Oh, oh, oh we we gotta, live. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got to be calling in and right. tweeting about it and posting about it. Uh, right. Yeah, now All that right. we know it, now we Let know it. write that down. And that's the semifinals. So we make the semifinals. We're in the finals. My goodness. Sally, I don't think you were on the episode a couple of weeks ago when I apologized to Bryant because I, I, I thought this was just a, a hobby thing. And uh, then he was like, well, so did I. So, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden we saw <laughs> like. Couple players talk about that again today because we were like, we thought we were just guest spot. And then we found out, you know, later on that this is uh, like an actual competition. Yeah, yeah it's, it's serious. That's how so now if you, if you go on and you guys go to the finals, does that mean you're in an extended stay there in L.A.? Or is that another so, like, man come back? Out here, we'll probably be here for like a week rehearsing leading up to the finals. And then if we win, we have to do a six-month residency in Vegas. <laughs> Have to. <laughs> you uh-uh. that? Yes, we, we have to do a money that they Vegas. throw in Vegas we too. So. <laughs> oh, how, really? Wait, six months. So, how many nights a week would you be performing? I'm wondering the same thing. I'm like, I'm just not every night. <laughs> you really didn't know what you're getting. I don't know. What, I don't know. We don't know the details yet, but we do know we have. If we win, there's a six months residency that we have to do in Vegas. Oh, that's great. Do you even want to win? <laughs> now that you know that? <laughs> it's just weird because it's like, okay, six months. I don't know. It's weird. Like being a competitor, you do want to win. Yeah. Yeah, obligated to do six months in Vegas. <laughs> six um, months is longer than the football season. <laughs> yeah. God, if, if you win, this is going to be such a wonderful story for the rest of your life. Even if you don't. <laughs> but if you do, now you're like, oh, shit. Now I got to be in the semifinals. So make it to the finals. Make it to the finals and even win it. That'd be even, you know, a bigger story. Then <laughs> you hit Vegas for six months. Well, and yeah. it's just another... It's one of those such like, on the- that wasn't even ever on my bucket list either. So every so like... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, what I, like, you know, it'll it, it'll be one of those where you can add it to that, you know, the notch on your belt where, you know, right. national champ, Super Bowl champ, you know, all, all of the Had other accolades in Vegas. and then <laughs> off the field. Yeah, like... Because, yeah, who all can say that they have a residency in Vegas? That's for the, you know, the, the A-list names. The Britney so. Spears and yeah. the Celine Dion's <laughs> of the world. Right. Jeez Louise. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah, now we have to, along with the listeners and then everybody on Twitter, we're going to have to have them um, follow this with a very fine-tuned interest now that we know the stakes. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. last, oh, yeah. last time, I swear to God, it just popped up in my social media news feed. And I was like, this is the thing that he was going to do. I was like, yeah. I thought he was going out just for the, you know, just for vibes. But this is like they won. And so, yeah, now, <laughs> now I'm going to be watching. Now we're in the semifinals. is going to get interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Last question I have about it. how many other acts are in the semifinals? I don't know, because like we don't. We didn't get to see. They released it yesterday on NBC. So I didn't get any chance to look to see how many acts, but I keep seeing like four other acts. I don't know how many this total, but I keep seeing like I've seen five. Mm, okay. Oh, well, I, I guess my- I can just watch it. 
Awesome. I've seen about four of the X. And I think um I think I experienced some of the show about 10 years ago. And it's not all just singers, right? It's like magicians and shit. No, yeah. Yeah. And yes, it's a little bit everything from yeah, the the different you acts. Magic. <laughs> all type of things. Like it's 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 different. It's not it's not like a bunch of singers at all. Okay, cool. All right, let's uh let's trans- find oh sorry before we move yep. too far. I always find it weird, like in that type of contest where it's like how do you determine that some like you guys are a better singer than someone who's uh <laughs> doing something else where it's like it, it's like watching well, someone play basketball fan- and football and seeing <laughs> i guess that's where the fan vote comes in remember before, oh yeah that's right how people like to see people do something outside of that element i think we said right. that before, a long time ago so seeing us do you know something that's totally non-football related <laughs> and then actually being pretty good or decent at it is probably like right. whoa inspect mm-hmm. this yeah, that's if if you guys win or even even your testament to what you're doing now, I agree with you 100%. It's like, oh, these these big muscular dudes can also sing. That's <laughs> right. Who thought that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some of the Vikings training camp. So Sally, tell us about your experience in Egan this week and what you got on tap for the rest of the week. Yes. So I missed Saturday. I already had plans. Um, and I feel like it doesn't usually kick off on a Saturday. Maybe it does. But um, so I went Monday, which was the next available day I could go. Um, it was really cool. It actually was great weather. It wasn't that busy. I was surprised. Um, but I guess, you know, given it was a weekday, but um, yeah, they had a bunch of new vendors um, in the concourse area or the plaza, excuse me, they call it. And um, it was fun. They hooked me up with some VIP tickets. So I got to chill in the lounge and got to see all of all of the friends that we haven't seen in a year, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, hung out with Victor. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what else. Um, I was hanging with our buddy, Chris Thomason, when we had the Irv Smith injury. So I don't know. I'll be back. Um, I'll definitely be back Monday for night practice. Um, and Vizzy is having a happy hour, two for one Vizzy. So everyone that's going, make sure you get there early at five o'clock for that. <laughs> and then, um, I'll be there for the joint practices for sure. Our buddy Jordan Reed will be there those days as well. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. What about, uh, the on the field stuff? Was there anything that stood out or is it all kind of bland? I mean, it was, pr- I mean, for, I feel like Monday, you know, it was just really the second day and obviously Saturday, I think, was a little bit more about like fan experience and stuff like that. There really wasn't anything that exciting going on, to be honest with you, Um, which is kind of to be expected. I think later this week, well, gosh, it's already Thursday tomorrow, isn't it? I think the next two days will be much more exciting. And then obviously night practice on Monday will be good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of drills and stuff, you know? Yeah. Wasn't anything too crazy. I'm guessing it feels a little bit different because you know it's O'Connell and not Zimmer, or is that to me really. it pretty much felt the same. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's too early to to see any of that stuff. I mean, one major thing I guess that's different that I'm sure you've seen everyone complaining about is that you're not allowed to record. <laughs> yeah, not allowed to record practice, and that's a Kevin O'Connell thing. But that's um, the one thing that I can really point to. Uh, and that's funny because that's, that's, seems, that's seems, that would seem like a Zimmer thing to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I agree. Um, and I I don't know how I saw people tweeting about it that apparently it was a big deal, but it, it didn't see anyone around me getting busted for it. So, yeah, it is funny. It's like, well, what do you think? What I was. So that was one thing I was like, what are they doing right now that they think is so unique? that they don't want anyone getting their hands on right now. Right. Are they really opening up uh, the playbooks on uh, a public open, you know, open to the public practice? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was a lot of drills. I mean, there wasn't really anything, you know, as far as it would be like Kirk, uh, Kellen and oh my gosh, why his name is. Mannion, how could I forget, right? Um, <laughs> rotating, you know, every two passes or so. It wasn't like they got in the swing of things or anything like that. It was just drills, pretty much. And then uh, I don't know what happened today. I haven't paid it. I haven't seen if anything cool happened today. No, not not really. Um, we'll talk about the cool Vikings orbit topic here in about five minutes. But Bryant, I want to ask you, are your memories of training camp mostly negative or mostly fond? 
Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't really mind training. It just felt like Groundhog's Day. So I was, that's what I always, <laughs> that's how I feel like I'm going through right now. It's like it's repeating <laughs> the thing over and over, you lose track of days. That's what it reminds me of. I know the training camp is different now because they're like able to stay home. So maybe a little better for them. Um, yeah, well, sleeping on those beds in them dorms weren't the best. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but other than that, it was it was a cool experience. Okay. All right. So, and then at some point we were only having one day practices. When I first got there, it was two days. Yeah. So when, did that, when did that switch? Do you remember? That switched. Um, Seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little, little more than half your time there. You had the the two days. <laughs> yeah. All right. Were there any stark differences in how things were done in your time here versus your time in Baltimore and or Miami, or is it pretty straightforward? Or other than I guess the rules, like the collective bargaining agreement rules that dictate the two days uh but you know here obviously you spent your time going to mankato um did those other places were you local or was it also kind of off off site more we weren't no actually baltimore you stay home too okay yeah <clears throat> my first year there i was in a hotel because i didn't have a place yet that's what I was thinking about. But then after that, I'm, you you stay you stay at home. It was because you, you practice right at the regular, um, you know, facility or whatever. Okay. So I was only I only live like ten minutes away. Yeah, Ron. I, I think when when they built uh, the bank and then the Egan facility, I think we more or less got with the times rather than. Okay. Know, yeah, I'm, I think that's kind of the norm. So. That's good. The, the little teaser that I gave was, alas, after four and a half months, Anthony Barr has signed with the Dallas Cowboys. It sounds like he got down to deciding between the Broncos, probably the George Payton angle. And he chose Dallas, who uh, have Micah Parsons and Leighton Vander Esch. So, Ron, I want to know your immediate reaction to that. And do you think that they actually use him as a pass rusher, finally? Well, you know, it's... Uh... I mean, I think it's a good spot for him because of his defensive versatility. Again, if he can stay healthy um, in a ways like the impact that Micah Parsons had last year, like I think at Vikings fans always look to see that type of impact from Barr as a three, four outside linebacker who could do more in pass coverage and be utilized that way. Um, now I'm not saying he's going to go there and he's going to put up monster numbers and be, you know, this player that we regret letting go. Um, but that Cowboys defense, um, I mean, they're always that team that this is their year, right? <laughs> like their defense is, has been good, um, or has gotten better over the last couple of years. So he'll fit in nicely. Um, I don't know if that means he's going to be a pass rusher because they still have DeMarcus Lawrence. They still have, um, some other guys up front. So maybe he is just more of that kind of playing that similar role to what he was here, which is that nickel linebacker, him and uh, Vander Esch. Um, nothing else. They got three huge linebackers um, that are all, you know, six, three plus two fifty plus. So, um, and they can all run. So, I mean, good for him. I would have thought that even with his injury history, he could have gotten more at least, you know, as far as a bonus or um, incentive bonuses, um, we're concerned to see, to see that it's a capped at 3 million, you know, that to me is a little odd, um, especially because whether he wanted to retire or play, I mean, was, is that a good decision for him based on injuries? Um, I'm not sure, but good for him. Um, you know, he'll uh, maybe have a chance to see what uh, the playoffs look like, but the Cowboys also haven't won one for what, 30 something years. So um, <laughs> on a playoff game, I mean, so, um, you know, um, not too concerned about it as far as it shifting any uh, balance power in the NFC at all. What always gets I'm weird. I'm take y'all with me because they just call it a last minute rehearsal. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> we're down. Behind the scenes look at it. <laughs> right, until it's time to start this rehearsal. That's all good. Oh, yeah. Just sit, you can just sit your phone down and we'll just watch. <laughs> Yes. Make sure you set turn up. over when we start singing because they don't want nobody to know what we sing. Oh, yeah. You got to <laughs> mute it. Yeah, that's that's true. I always get the mask. Too. Oh, mask up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, for the listeners, Brian McKinney got summoned back to AGT live and in person here for one little final caveat to the day. So he's taking us with, well, albeit... oh, wait. The um, <laughs> the player, they have their own 
rehearsal. So we're just doing this last run for the day. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Ron, on the, the summer, st- on the bar stuff. So when things, free agents, trades, shit like that drags into the summer like this, it always seems like the price dwindles and dampens like the Baker Mayfield trade got dealt for a uh, fifth rounder, probably going to start for the Panthers and then bar boom, 3 million. But then you have weird stuff like Riley Reef signing for 10 million with the Bears. Yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. And so once you think you have everything sure, like, figured out, like the, the price of trades in general and all of that, yeah. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're like, all right, well, I guess bar is only worth three, but somehow Riley Reef's worth 10. Right. And yeah, and that's like the Reef situation is odd in the sense that, well, one, like Vikings fans who wanted polls as the GM um, oh, are kind of yeah. looking at what he's what he's doing yeah. and uh, they're kind of questionable moves, you know, Dakota Dozier, Riley Reef, um, and then to give Riley Reef so much money, um, especially when you're a team that has a young quarterback and is kind of building. Um, they Isn't it Tevin Jenkins? Is there yeah. the guy they drafted to be left tackle? Like, is he just not any good or you're not giving him a chance? Like that, I don't understand because either way, you're going to have to develop a player at some point. And he seemed like he had the, the potential to be a quality left tackle. Um, so adding in Reef, I, I didn't understand it. And then the money aspect, it's um, especially now with, or, you know, able to roll over a certain dollar amount of cap into the next year. Like, mm-hmm. why are you wasting that on Riley Reef at that dollar amount? Um, so it baffles me. Um, but yeah, like to your point, it's the later you get, it's always, you know, lower dollar amount, but there's always those few guys who, um, who like, I bet Dominican Sue gets more than $3 million. Like oh, yeah. just because just, especially a guy that's been, um, like a captain on teams, like usually bringing that veteran leadership that alone, um, is an asset. So whether hopefully again, these players can stay healthy, but there's a lot more than just on the field aspects um, of, you know, contributing to a football team. So, but again, with Barry, cause he's only 30 or 31, like mm-hmm. I would have thought that he would have at least been able to, maybe he wasn't, that's the spot where he wanted to go. So he didn't care because he's still getting paid by the Vikings, I believe, or, you know, he's still got that guaranteed money here. So um, I guess it's not that important um, when you yeah. already have some coming in. Yeah, and I think that's what led to the confusion why a lot of folks weren't sure if Barr was even on the team because his roster cap hit still registers against <clears throat> the this ledger. And so now, now he'll just supplement it with the Chicago or excuse me, the Dallas money. So Sally, Barr's departure, eight years with the Vikings from cover to cover with Mike Zimmer. And now both of them are gone. What are your emotions, if any, about Barr leaving? I mean, I don't really have a ton of emotions about it. Um, other than, you know, my girl, Nick Breezy is in mourning and has been for some time. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, um, so I'm grieving on her behalf that way, but, uh, I know she's sad today, but I said, what's the deal? You know, he's going to be back in November. At least you get to see him again. Like, (laughs) so, you know, we'll give him a wave from the sidelines. Of course, I'm not emotional about Zimmer being gone at all. Mm -hmm. Although I am very curious what he's up to. He's a, um, he's an analyst for the 33rd team.com. Excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> get, get this. So Rick Spielman on the 33rd team.com. It's like a think tank football analysis website ran by former GMs. Spielman writes something about once a week. And I was sourcing one of his quotes there. <laughs> I went to their about us page and there's Zimmer's picture. <clears throat> he's an analyst for the 33rd team.com. So has he put anything out yet? He's been uh, credited like there was something about the Bengals training camp and it was him, Michael Vick and two other guys that were all on the byline. So I don't know. I don't think Zimmer's writing maybe is, but I think they're probably just using him for Intel. Interesting. Um, But I meant like, well, (laughs) that's fascinating. I had no idea, but like, I wonder what he's doing. Like, is he like, because obviously this is his first year that he hasn't had a report to a training camp in what yeah. how Prob- many years probably 25 probably 30 30 yeah, 30 years since the early 90s um mm-hmm. so i mean for him to have all this time off i mean that's i so i'm a little worried about him just you know <laughs> mentally yeah but yeah good for bar i mean i i knew he would eventually get signed i thought maybe it would take a little more into camp you know um somebody getting injured or something and they would need um to plug him in but 
good for him that he didn't have to wait for that. And also hopefully he doesn't have to deal with Chris Thomason calling and having to hang up on him anymore either. So. <laughs> Weren't you at one time kind of a bar enthusiast or you just say you bought his Jersey or something? I do have his Jersey. I mean, I, of course I like him. I mean, yeah. um, I feel like when they first drafted him, everyone was like, what the heck was that? And mm-hmm. I feel like um, he really, you know, he had a great reputation here for, you know, um, doing charity stuff and all of that. And he was a great player. And I mean, I, of course, how could I ever forget him? You know, the, um, Aaron Rodgers sack and how fun it was to troll those guys, you know, wearing his Jersey to Lambeau and stuff like that. Like I have a lot of great memories of him actually, now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> <laughs> we, we drug him out of you. Yeah. want y'all to meet the original Cam Newton. Oh, Wow. <laughs> How y'all doing yeah. today? Not bad. Good. How you doing? <laughs> Hi. Little nice cameo. to see y'all. Part of the choir as well. Nice oh. to see you. Nice to meet you, sir. Just <laughs> <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah, on on bar, he uh, four Pro Bowls all in a row: 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. And then, um, as the Zimmer defense started to crumble in the last two years, out to Neil Hunter and Barr, um, they both just. Barr and Zimmer kind of rode out of town and Zimmer won't be coming back and perhaps Barr will as a close out his career, but he'll get a chance in Dallas for some relevance because that team in theory should win the NFC North. All right. Yeah. Yeah. NFC East, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. In theory, I say that because they're just like us. They, they find a way to let their fans down. I mean, I would argue they might even be worse. Yeah. Well, yeah, because As they, yeah, they had there, you know, they have the, the America's team branding and you know, we just have like the, the team that misses kicks branding. So, all right, let's, well, let's yeah. talk some more about the training camp stuff. So we were smooth sailing, strolling, strutting into training camp last week. We had Ryan Connolly, Blake Prohl and Nate Harrison on the injured list, uh, which of course for their sake is sad, but they're not really starters, so we were all like, ooh, this works, especially looking at the Packers. We had 14 men on both lists. And then bada-bing, Monday, all of a sudden, Irv Smith has surgery on the thumb. Dalvin Cook has a tiny hand injury. Kene and Wongu has day-to-day. So we've got with the times here. Uh, Sally, I want to ask you, do you have any reservations um, about the Vikings having anonymous tight ends after Irv Smith, or do you believe that one of those dudes would be Conklinish and just step up? Well, I have a lot of concerns about it, and I've had concerns about it this entire offseason because um, Irv Smith doesn't have the greatest history uh, as far as injuries go, and to have not a lot of depth at that position, um, especially looking at, I know obviously this is a new offense, but they really used um, Conklin a lot last year, and he um, was very impactful. So to I obviously we haven't seen a lot from these guys, but I think they have what one game under their belt in total um, (laughs) professionally. And I think uh, zero yards maybe, or is it five yards? Oh, outside Um, a month, outside a month. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, I mean, obviously I don't know. I haven't seen the guys, so um, I'm open-minded and hope that they, one of them will step up, but I was really surprised that that wasn't a priority for them in the off season, um, getting a, another legitimate tight tight end too for sure and they're out there they if they wanted eric ebron jimmy graham blake jarwin and jared cook they're all chilling waiting to be signed to a one-year deal but evidently i don't think they just forgot so they probably legitimately enjoy johnny munt or one of the other four anonymous players Um, we shall see but here's the deal ron is it silly to have this mentality like oh one of them will just be like conklin or is that as as much as this this offense is going to tick that much that it won't matter who's at tight end? Well, it, I mean, yeah, it, I've been voicing this concern for quite some time. You know, <laughs> as my, um, you know, the champion championing for Kyle Rudolph, where it's not necessarily the, the ties and everything. It was I've been saying it for a while because the tight end two spot does concern me. However, I will, um, I will say that obviously. No one knows what Munt is capable capable of more than O'Connell. Uh, he brought him in. He had him in L.A. Um, so there's that familiarity there. They also it sounds like they rave about Zach Davison, which um, again a guy who you know a new tight end six seven he can run, uh, but he also 
almost didn't make the practice squad last year. So, um, and that was on a Zimmer team. Um, yes. So he doesn't necessarily like rookies, but, um, I have to think that they have other plans and, or that they know what they're doing. Um, you know, again, they're in the room, they're seeing the work these guys are putting in also, you know, the injury, you know, it sounded like it was just on blocking. Um, so hopefully it's not so bad. Um, but, those names that you listed off, Ebron, um, Jimmy Graham, Jared Cook, those names do nothing for me um, because, like, you know, Jimmy Graham, although his size is intriguing, but he didn't, he hasn't done anything for a few years now. So none of those guys uh, move the needle much. Um, you know, now I don't want us to go and trade a fourth round pick for Chris Herndon um, or something like that. But um, there's always going to be, you know, potentially someone that gets cut or something like that. Um, if they see that as an opportunity to improve. Um, but, you know, until O'Connell comes in and shows us that he doesn't know what he's doing or, you know, loses something, um, I'll trust him. Um, but, hey, maybe uh, Bradbury um, can just move over to tight end since he <laughs> seems to be getting pushed over at center again. So, um, and he showed his yards after catchability last year <laughs> in Green Bay. So, um yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, it's the I'm gonna have to go. doesn't hit us. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Okay. All right. Bye, Bye, Brian. See you, Brian. Yeah, and I should point out that all of this, uh, my question in general, is under the assumption that this stuff continues for Irv. In theory, if this truly is an instance where he'll be back against the Packers and then he goes on to play 15, 16, 17 games, then yeah, then Johnny Munt be fine at TE2 and we'll see how he does. However, I think because he missed all of last season and then his first 45 minutes in pads, got to go have surgery on something different. We're vindicated on this show for saying like, yeah, you should probably look at something a little more proven, um, especially because they claim that they're in it to win it again. Now, if the ceiling was six and 11 or rebuilding, then you see what you have with all those dudes. But <clears throat> what good teams do when they're skimpy is go find proven commodities as backups. Couldn't agree more. And we'll see if they do. I mean, I, I was also anxiety in March when Cameron Dantzler was the only cornerback. I was like, right, man, they don't get it. And then now we're looking at the corners thinking, who the hell is going to start out of these guys? Because they're all pretty good. So I, I, I'm with Ron that we'll have to see what the plan is and maybe Maybe we'll be sitting here in two months thinking, remember when we had this Johnny Munt slander and it turns out he yeah. is good, but well, you guys are a little bit more analytical than me. So um, maybe this isn't going to be a struggle for you, but um, just the couple hours that I was watching practice at camp, this whole new numbers thing is really tough for me. Jersey and numbers? I'm wondering how long it's going to last. Obviously at camp, you know, you're not really that close up. So you, it's kind of hard to make out sometimes who numbers are who, mm -hmm. but I had to keep looking at the program like every second. Cause I'm like, wait, who's that? Forgot Cam Dantzler switched his number to number mm -hmm. three. And it seems like it's, it's a lot of guys changed their number. Yeah, it was. I, uh, when that, <clears throat> when these were unveiled, I think it was May. It took me a long time to write up the Vikings territory article because there was so many. Yeah. Yep. And you had to, you know, go down and figure out who's what. And then, of course, all the rookies are a new batch. But I think the weirdest one for me is Brian Osamoah, who's going to wear Dalvin's number. And I think they both have dreads. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's going to be like, wait a second. And so many of them have low numbers, which, you know, we just have it ingrained in our mind mm -hmm. that that's a special teams guy or that's a quarterback. Right. So it's like, I don't know, it's just going to be a little bit of a learning curve for me. And I hope it doesn't take that long. I, I don't have much of a memory anymore as it is. So Jersey numbers are always like one of those that are ingrained in my mind. Um, like, so yes, while there's still that familiarity of, you know, Dalvin not getting used to him, not being 33, like those will be an easy switch. It'll be more of the, didn't Madison change his number? Isn't Madison he? is two. Yep. Um, so once I see him, then I'll remember. And then it, I'm one of those like type a personalities where, like it bothers me. Like if I like, you, you know, you see like the Patriots, they put their quarterbacks in 50 and it's like, well, that's not his number. Just let him wear his number. <laughs> um, so I'm very, I get annoyed by that. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, for me, and okay. I'm getting on my soapbox here when it comes to Jersey numbers. I hate, like I look at, uh, was it um, Troy or Ty Smith or whatever? Mm -hmm. And he's rocking number one. Like there's gotta be some sort of, 
earned like whether you're drafted or whether you're like a seasoned vet you can't be a practice squad cornerback rocking a single digit number i'm sorry that that to me it's like like it's it's a slap in the face because like that's like especially when you would go to the college ranks number one for a lot of teams that's the elite playmaker number like and now you're struggling to make a practice squad on this team so i i hate that factor of it but i love seeing scene rocking a six jersey just something you know that's unique but uh i also like when players change numbers just because it opens up like to me it bothers me a little bit because it's like cooper cup he was 18 when he came into the league and then 10 opened up and he's number 10 it's like like i feel like if you've established your name at a number stay that number unless you switch teams so like if adrian were to yeah, exactly. Like exactly. If you if you have a Hall of Fame career and then you do it, go ahead and have another Hall of Fame career. But if like if Adrian was 28 and he decided, I know he had talked to what he wanted to change, was it to 23 or something? But because of the backlog jerseys that he had, he couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Like that would have just been so odd to see. Um, but you know, again, like I'm I'm a little anal when it comes to jersey numbers as it is. So uh, but I'm with you, but I think we're just, we're <laughs> resistant to change because of our age now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're like yeah. boomers, I guess, when it comes to, to this kind of stuff, to like we're, podcasting we're and stuff like that. Like we're kind of, well, no offense, I guess, to the other guys. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to age myself to Ted Glover's age. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. that number one Jersey, the most famous Vikings to wear that number are Warren Moon and Gary Anderson. So Take, take that with um, what you will. Yeah. Well, and then like, uh, you know, just when Baker got traded to Carolina, they said something like the only quarterback number that was even available to him was number two like, oh, yeah. or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. Because they're all spoken for. That's funny. Yeah. Which and again, like I get it when you have 90 guys in camp, like 90 numbers, like that's going to happen. But if you're uh, like. It needs there needs to be some sort of earned factor because there is that uh, that swag that comes with rocking a certain jersey number. Like I know Dalvin being number four when we had Najee Davenport on, um, you know, a, a while back. Like they talked about that in Florida. That's the number that you know from high school on. Like if you're the dog on the team, that's the number. So I get the significance of that. Like LSU has number seven, um, but again, if you're if you're an undrafted rookie or something. Like, how about you just get what's given to you, not, you know, not a prime or a premium number. I wonder who's number six on the Panthers, if it's some schmo or if it's. I think it was their punter that they had signed. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I will, uh, but actually don't they, it, they have, uh, isn't it Johnny Hecker? So like, you know, one of the oh, okay. like, best punters in the league. So it's like, you know, again, okay. like not taking anything away from punters, but it's like, if you're the second string punter or a rookie kicker brought into battle, yeah, maybe you don't have as much say on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that I didn't think about that. All the numbers are taken by the time that, because that trade hit so late. All right. We got time for uh, two more subjects or topics. And I want to make sure we account for Jared Allen being um, going into the ring of honor. We talked to him in February of 2021. Hopefully now Bryant was still on, uh, we can maybe rattle that tree again and talk to him in October on the eve, so to speak of his induction. But this one was kind of a no brainer when you look at it in retrospect, because the guy should be in the hall of fame before too long. His numbers are hefty enough to belong there. He didn't get in on the first ballot, but we shall see Sally. I'm going to go out on limb and say, you don't have any grievances with Jared going into the ring of honor. No, I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. I love Jared. Always one of my favorite players Um, has the greatest personality. Just, you know, every time he like watching the um, watching him find out that he made the ring of honor um, was just so cool. You know, his smile is just like it lights up a room and he's just when they played that highlight package. I don't know if they posted everywhere. I just saw them do it on um, Instagram. It just seeing all of his sacks and when he, you know, broke the record and all of that, just so many great memories of him. Um, so I'm thrilled. I couldn't be happier. Yeah. We gave up a first and a third for him in 2008 and it was well worth it. And I can, I can see us if we were all same people, same age and Twitter was as robust as it was then we might've been like, ah, I don't know, first and a third. Well, Maybe. given the, given the uh, criminal charges yeah oh, I think, yeah i think people right. would have had um it was drunk driving wasn't it 
Yeah, yeah. but I, th- I think two of them, mm-hmm. if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, in not that big of gap of time. Yeah. So and I think that's why Kansas City needed they to didn't want to give them that money. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, that's one of those rare where it was a win-win trade for both teams. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall who the two players were that they drafted, um, but it was Brandon Albert, who started for a long time with them at left tackle, and Jamal Charles. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, while, you know, some people will look at that like, well, that's a Pro Bowl left tackle and a Pro Bowl running back, but it's also Jared Allen changed kind of how things were around here for a while. Like, because, yeah. you know, we've talked about before, it's Lance Johnstone, you know, no offense to him, <laughs> but he was our, the premier pass rusher that we had for, you know, other than John Randall, you know, but for 20 years almost. <laughs> so it, uh, <laughs> like when we got him, that was just a game changing thing for everything yeah. involved. Um, change the defense, obviously, and who knows, maybe Favre's not here and we don't have that magical ride in 2009 if Allen's not a part of that defense. Um, so, they, you know, there's – like I actually love, like, how the Wilfs, like, in some of their comments that I've heard, how, you know, they even said that that it, it kind of changed – it was a turn of the page when we brought in Jared Allen and, um, you know, he changed the culture, whatever it is. But clearly they took a gamble on a guy who had that, problem now again the problem with alcohol or whatnot dustin i know you know better than us um but that what that's like but clearly he like you had rehabilitated himself at least to the point where they saw like hey it's worthwhile to get him and then he continued to not only um prove them right but then he made himself made the community made the team everything that he touched better in the process you know with his foundation with everything he did so um you know this isn't just the tea leaves to hopefully get him back on the show again while that would be great but uh i mean clearly there isn't more of a class act from at least his time spent in purple going forward um than what jared allen represented um in his time so i'm happy they did it i love the fact that uh it was a surprise. Um, it wasn't, you know, like even the Hutchinson one, like we knew about that, like Kevin Williams, we knew about that. This one was just out of nowhere. Like, Oh, the Jared, Jared Allen's in the, in the ring of honor. So good for him. Yeah. From 2008 to 2013, his Vikings career, he led the NFL in sacks top guy. And I I often wonder in situations like this, when, when they ownership or crazy, whoever gave him a call and said, Hey, come talk to the guys. I wonder if you're flying up there going, are they going to pull some shit? (laughs) Are they going to do, they got something up their sleeve or if you're just totally oblivious, but I guess we can ask him that if he comes on. Yeah. Did you guys know Jared Allen was in jackass 3d? Yeah. He, uh, (laughs) he knocked the hell out of Knoxville. And I, I, Knoxville has said since that, like, that's the hardest he's ever been hit in his life. And he could have died from the hit, like, pu- like punctured long. I don't know. It was, it, yeah. Watch the clip of it. I've even heard, uh, you know, Jared talk about it on, on interviews, whether it was like on K fan or something where, um, you know, they had asked him about that and he talked about it, but uh, it was, uh, it's, it's comical um, because it was Jared Allen his heyday as jackass guys and theirs. Yeah. Can't imagine getting hit by that guy. No, no. Oh and- gosh, it was three. <laughs> it was three DUIs. The, Whatever, uh, the, it's the, fine. The next step for him, <laughs> he he deserves. And this is not just the Viking show and Viking host saying this. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame based on the numbers. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, and, for sure. Yep. And I, I guess, I guess I don't know what the oomph you have to do to be a first ballot guy. He's seventh all time in sacks. Yeah. Um, and like, like I understand like and I you know again we had talked to him about it when he had said like even before he was ever out with us but I saw if I'm a footnote to Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame uh, class like that's something else. Um but I think for him he just got caught in a ridiculous year. And the fact that they limit how many people go in each year like mm-hmm. you know cuz you're not going to not have Peyton Manning, you're not going to not have Charles Woodson and uh and what calvin johnson i think was one of the other ones so um it, how do you get in when, yeah, when no, they only have a certain amount of guys so he'll get there but he does absolutely deserve to be a first ballot and he absolutely deserves to be uh to have his um his jacket and, and yeah. boston and canton and he'll get there it's just that i guess i was uh narrowly focused on his candidacy this last cycle but we'll see mm-hmm. uh, next go around all right the last thing i want to talk about is something i read from the athletic that ranked all schedules for teams based on opposing quarterback strength. 
And these Vikings had the eighth easiest last year. They had the fifth toughest. And depending on how you, uh, you know, adjudicate last season, it kind of panned out. So I want to list off these quarterbacks and tell me, so there's only two that are like the elite of the elite and that's Rogers and Allen. And after that, there's something to this eighth easiest. I want to see if it moves the needle for you guys at all. So here are the Vikings quarterback Rogers twice. We know that Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff twice, Jameis Winston, Justin Fields probably twice, Tua Tagovailoa, Zach Wilson, and Daniel Jones. Now, Sally, when I read those out loud, doesn't that act, doesn't that sound like eh, this ain't going to be crazy tough, or is this all just August hype from Dustin? Well, in general, I think we all agree that the schedule is significantly easier than um, last year. And a lot of that has to do with not very good quarterback play. So it's not that surprising. Um, Those ones that you listed towards the beginning of the list, um, which one's Kyler and, and, well, I mean, Dak, I mean, those, I feel like. Well, Josh Allen's automatic. And then Matt Ryan. Yeah. um, At least the first two, I don't think Matt Ryan's got much left, but um, I'm kind of surprised that even with those two on the list, that it's still considered um, that high, but I guess, yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. I mean, the, the ones towards the end are definitely, yeah. Yeah. I I think it's about right. Cause when the schedule came out, I, that was one of my instincts was like, yeah, we don't really have murderers row for quarterbacks. Uh, I guess if Kyler takes the next step, that could be tricky. And then Dak is always, Dak's going to be in his seventh year and we still treat him like he's like the second year player, like just waiting for him to take the next step. It it, it needs to happen. Like he's a good quarterback. Very good. When you have a great offensive line, a good weapons outside, like how, you know, you got to give him time. Got to let it all come together. (laughs) Yeah. We keep saying that. And I go check it. Like, yeah, he came in 2016 and maybe Cowboys fans don't afford him that type of slack, but I feel like nationally uh, we do, but Ron, yeah. Dustin, Mm -hmm. hold on. We need to do this again next week, but we need to list the backup quarterbacks. Oh, for yeah, because that's teams. who we'll get sliced and diced by. <laughs> we need to, yeah, we need to do this again with all the backup quarterbacks, and then we'll we'll reconvene. Especially the Cowboys backup quarterback. Yes, especially. Because we know he'll, we'll know he'll play uh, when, when Barr and them come to town. Well, Absolutely. hey, maybe if we ever have to go to a backup, maybe O'Connell can just take snaps. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you, while we were on the backup, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, I can't even remember who it was. Um, but someone um, wrote or was talking about the Packers and how last year that they had, uh, was it five games that were either against rookie quarterbacks, mm-hmm. backup quarterbacks, or uh, quarterbacks that were like, injured or coming out of injuries and um and they were five and oh in those games and then they were whatever the number is on the rest and uh i thought that was interesting but uh um, warren sharp i think it was okay yep um but um who i do you have the list of who the other seven teams are that are that have a yeah. better strength of because Yep. I would assume the Packers are there because they 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 don't have to play Rodgers twice. They have to play Kirk twice. And then they would play the Rams as opposed to the Cardinals. So that's almost a wash with Stafford and Murray. Yep, here's, here are the easiest. Is it though? <laughs> the easiest ahead of the Vikings. I think it is. Pretty, pretty close. Washington Commanders have the easiest slate. Philadelphia Eagles, Chicago Bears, New York Giants. Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, at the very so, top of the list is pretty much all the AFC West teams. Yeah, they, they would be the toughest off the top of my head. And then, yeah, I would assume that it's the NFC East that is essentially holding it down because, yeah, you get mm-hmm. <laughs> you go Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz. That's why I would have thought the Cowboys might have been at the top of that because they get those three a total of six times and, and whatnot. So, um, but I mean, yeah, the eight or whatever it's it relatively speaking again, other than those handful of, you know, elite or the very good quarterbacks. Yeah. Like we shouldn't have to worry about going into Washington and letting Carson Wentz beat us. Now he's capable of that, but he's not consistent. Um, even Matt Ryan, like if they both of if those they, guys, the Vikings have feasted on with Zimmer in charge. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, Ryan is, if the team's built around Matt Ryan to throw the ball, then 
Frank Reich needs to be fired and they're <laughs> not going anywhere because they have 28 in the backfield. Quentin Nelson, that offensive line up front, it, Matt Ryan needs to be a compliment, not what Carson Wentz was last year. That's why they didn't make the playoffs or why they yeah. um, phased out. So, um, but I mean, yeah, when you actually look at it, it's, I mean, yeah, like other than Rogers and then Josh Allen, like the rest of them are all, um, all guys who we've either competed well against. Um, even last year with Kyler Murray, it was, wasn't Kyler Murray. That, I mean, he did beat us, but we went pound or toe to toe with them. It was, uh, Greg Joseph that wasn't able yeah, to and, and get Murray, the job done. And Murray played like a top three quarterback mm-hmm. that afternoon. He felt like Russell Wilson. Uh, because you asked about the Cowboys, they are the 10th easiest. And I'll take us off air with their slate. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts twice, Carson Wentz twice, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Davis Mills, and Daniel Jones twice. So they get that first place schedule. So they get Brady and Rodgers. Yeah, they uh, got the meteor, uh, especially if you want to put Kirk in there, uh, Rogers, Brady, Burrow, Stafford, Tannehill, Cousins, and Ryan. So it's a little more tricky. And, and yep. we know a third of these guys will be be hurt by the time they play them or something will, will, will shake down. So, yep. all right, well, we'll be back next week, I think, with the same group and probably Bryant for the whole time unless, they, unless they're still rehearsing. But I think, if I understood him correctly, we'll be able to <laughs> be able to give our feedback by the time our episode airs because he said that Tuesday is when it goes live, right? Live yeah. show Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. So we, tu- we all got to make sure we campaign for him. Yeah. Tuesday. So I'll start right now. Listeners, America's got talent. That's on NBC, right? Yes. Yep. NBC. Yep. And then your guy, Brian McKinney, with uh, about 12, 15 other NFLers, is going to sing and vie for a trip to the finals, which would get him six months duty <laughs> as the, the talk of the town <laughs> in Las Vegas, which he seemed to have mixed feelings about. Yeah, that's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, For, what are all these guys going to do? Like, a lot of them have families and kids and stuff. Yeah, so the, it's not like it's a one guy show. No, yeah. no, they'll find. They'll. I'm sure they'll have some sort of schedule, maybe where it's eight or nine at a time, or <laughs> I don't know. That'll be up to them, and we'll 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 get to to giggle about it. All right, that's all we got. Believe in the Vikings, but we'll be back in one week and skull, baby. Bye, skull. All right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.